My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author-slash-writer. Video games, both old and new, are my passion. I recently had a successful Kickstarter for my NES collector's book called The Complete NES, and I'm currently doing a massive overhaul of my original book called Hidden Gaming Gems, uh, creating a new NES game to go with it. I also have tons of projects in the works. My blog is at hagensalley.wordpress.com, and I'm on a lot of forums as a Subcon 3. And we've got guys. Hey, hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Daria. Daria here, and I'm a collector and enthusiast of all things role playing. I also run a burgeoning YouTube channel which covers retro game review and indie game coverage. You can find that at youtube.com slash DariaPlays, T-O-O. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. We were talking about, you know, um, you know, collectors are just... Very interesting nowadays, just offloading their games, um, buying games, buying lots of games, and just because it's cool, and not really getting the whole aspect of, you know, we also have a nostalgia that we want to play all these games. Right. <laughs> it's very, very interesting, and I'll never understand it. Yeah, I guess what goes up must come down, but uh, I don't know, my whole life I've been collecting, so it's never been like an up-down thing. It's just like a, like a straight deadline, you know? I've been, right. like, a personal collector. Like, everything that I like to hold on to have, like, a little story behind them. And I have a lot of games, so a lot of stories. <laughs> but, like, as I start doing my own little projects, like, they have their own section in the collection. And then, like, stuff that I get for, like, gifts from Kyle or from my wife or, you know, find while we're game hunting, like when I was out in Indiana for three years near Kyle, we used to go game hunting. I've held on to a lot of those games because they all have like a story behind them. And you just go click buy it now on eBay or buy somebody's entire collection on Nintendo age. You're not going to really have that story. That's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. That was a pretty sick time when we were hunting though. Cause I, I remember like one store had like three mighty final fights they were all like under twenty bucks. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the thought that, and now how different it is. From what I, from what I've seen, correct me if I'm wrong. Like the SNES is pretty much getting sick now, as far as what that's worth. Oh yeah, that's the popular system right now. Like I, I don't know. I, I guess as far as the bubble bursting or whatever, it is everyone's talking about, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's 
it's interesting because I wanted to throw this in, that whole Jackie Chan thing, where someone bought up all the copies of Jackie Chan online, <laughs> <laughs> and now they're selling it for like, you know, how much, do you know how much it is now? Maybe like 60, 70, 80 bucks, maybe, something like that. Market up 10 bucks, you know? So like, just buy up all the copies of like a reasonably rare game that's pretty badass, and then all of a sudden, you, like, control the market. Well, it's it's so easy to control the market when it's, like, one outlet. Yeah. It's exactly. all, it's only eBay. Exactly. They, it's a Monopoly kind of outlet, and there's only so many people selling this one game. And if you have insight and you know that the Anger Video Game Nerd is going to review it or play it or something, like... Yeah. Like, somebody who has millions of viewers, like, it just adds to it. Because, like, we've seen prices spike when... You know, certain game YouTube groups talk about something. It's like, oh, now the game went up $10. It's like, okay, this weekend there's only five copies listed. This guy has a million subscribers. If five people decide all at the same time to go, oh, that looks cool. Instant depletion of uh, immediate availability. And then all the resellers go, oh, wait, hold on. Let me list it for 50 bucks. You know, it's it's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. Then it changes in like a day. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's scary. And and that's why it's not a stable market. That's not where I would put my daughter's college fund <laughs> in the video games because, no, it's it's one of those things that can change on a whim. And really the best bet is to collect nobly with, you know, intentions to play your games. That's the best way. Yeah. What's scary, and someone was saying this, like, some, I don't know, random comment or thread or whatever, but... They're saying, like, okay, think about copies of a game online. Now think about how many thousands of people just saw that, like, uh-huh. ABGN thing. Like, hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. Eventually millions. That's a lot of people versus this tiny little supply. Uh-huh. It's just, like, easy math. I mean, Action 52 is the perfect one. That disappeared very quickly. And a lot of times, some of these bubbles are not bubbles. Wow. Some of these price spikes are very temporary. Yes. Like, there's not, that's not to say a year from now, Jackie Chan's still going to be a $50 game. Like, that shit might level out. More than likely, it will level out, actually. Yeah. And, and because even though that seller at that time bought up all those games, mm-hmm. how many people sit there and, oh, I got Jackie Chan sitting in my collection right now? And, and I'm not going to sell mine yet, but if in a couple years, there's hundreds of people that might sell it off. Now what does this do for the box? Because now it causes a trigger effect. Yes. So now the box goes up in value. And box rarity is another insane one. Games like Chubby Cherub, the box is like a eight or nine rarity. Donkey Kong Math, it's like yes. thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. That I don't under I, I don't understand. Obviously these games one. were all produced with for the most part. I mean I know there's packets and stuff. These games are all produced with boxes. Some were destroyed, some but people are holding on to stuff. I mean, they, a lot of the boxes are still out there. It's just they're not readily available in the market. If you understand, though, like Donkey Kong Math, how many people are going to go to the store and say, oh, I want Donkey Kong Math? No, they're going to go get Donkey Kong um, or Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong Math was predominantly, how I see it, sold to rental stores who got rid of the boxes. And okay. that, that's how I see it because most of the people like, oh, mom's gonna buy that for their kid to play on the freaking weekend because they want them to learn some arithmetic 
And other times you'll have games with that situation that didn't sell. Mm-hmm. That stock was, you know, obviously the stock didn't go anywhere. And the boxes are readily, you know, sealed copies are readily available. So that really yes. kind of goes their way. What about like Sesame Street or like Fisher Price games? Like those boxes you can get. I think it was because it was an early, it was an early yeah. adapter. You know what I mean? Like I think it had to do with like when it was released for the system as well. Because by the time the Sesame Street games came out, then mom and dad were vested in the console at that point, and they're buying the games. I do know um, the cartridge has always been worth a lot. It's that and stack up for the two mm-hmm. uh, um, rarest black box carts. Or, like, most expensive. I don't know about rare, but probably. Yeah, most expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. And, and it could be exactly what Adara just said about the um, Sesame Street ones, is that nobody bought them. So, the, you know, it's actually easier. <laughs> it's actually easier to get a boxed copy. Sitting in yeah. boxes, like, in the back of the store. And, and then you got the who's to say the um, what the Aladdin Decanancer stories where... You know, they find oh, a fucking yeah. warehouse full of them later. Oh, yeah. Because like, that used bundles. to be, I remember yeah. when that was hot shit. Like, everybody was talking about Aladdin. You never hear that brought up anymore. Mm-mm. I know that's one of the, uh, Kyle got those, like, got two um, copies. And he was giving those to me, like, every once in a while. Didn't the same thing happen with Tenjin Tetris? Didn't they find a ton of them? Did they? I thought that's what brought it down. Maybe not. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This is... The owner of Video Palace was given one by... A chick who used to work at Toys R Us, so they had like boxes full of like sealed ones. Tang and Tetrises. Yeah, and he still had it in his drawer. He was like always like bragging about it. It was like his little fallback. Did you punch him in the face and take it? <laughs> yeah, should have. <laughs> Asshole, you're bragging. <laughs> yeah, th- so this video palace guy, just so you can get a little atmospherics on this dude. Um, <laughs> this guy, like, okay, so so Kyle and I have been game hunting for years, so. Prior to me joining the military, you know, like 15 years ago, we go to Video Palace because we were game hunting back then, way before that even. And this dude has, you know, all these different games and it's like Shangri-La. I go there like a year or two ago, the same shit's on the shelf and the guy has, (laughs) he still hasn't sold it and he won't budge in price. And I'm like, you've had that there for 15 years. I know because I saw it. <laughs> how do these business? How do places like that stay in business? Honeybee adapters exactly. is what I think. What what I saw. So I wanted. He had a boxed honeybee adapter, and I'm like, he wanted some price for it, and I was like, well, they go cheaper on eBay than that price. I would like to get you know even cheaper than eBay. And he's like, no, I, I won't do that. And yeah, how how does he stay in business? <laughs> Who knows? He probably does meth out in the back of his fucking place or something. <laughs> He's money laundering. It's not actually a video game store. Uh, that that could be very true. I used to go to the flea market um, by my house, and there was a guy there who had a booth. He was an old man, and he had NES games. I was like, "Can I see your NES games?" He gives me this bin of like tattered and torn, <laughs> like carts. You know, like oh geez, someone wiped their ass with this. Like, so I was like, uh, "Do you have Gunnack possibly?" Because there was like another box. This is before that game even blew up. I think it was worth $25. And then he was like, you know what? I'm not even going to look for it. Because he saw that I wasn't biting on his card. His shitty ones. So fast forward, like, three months when I go into Video Palace, I'm like, where have I seen that motherfucker? I'm like, I, I'm like god damn it. Like, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, oh my god, that's the same asshole at the flea market. And I was like, holy shit. And I started bartering with his son. 
And that was before it blew up. When Jeff, you went there, it was blown up because he was like paying attention to stuff. And I think mm-hmm. he saw how much I was buying. Yeah. And once his dad saw that I was obviously he probably didn't know who I was. He probably didn't pay attention like that. But he probably saw that I was, you know, buying, I was buying stuff and he like got all interested and like, he like liked me real quick. It was funny. He like, he like started telling me stories and, um, one of the crazy ones he, he told me though, I don't think I've told my, this story. He sold a dude an NES and he tested that particular NES with a Zelda test cartridge. And he actually left the cartridge in the deck. And when the guy bought it, he got that cartridge for free. So, uh. Uh, that's crazy. That's a nice <laughs> surprise. He said he like trying to contact him and stuff, and was like, "Hell, oh, fuck no!" Yeah, guy like... never like <laughs> the guy never. And he was all pissed off, but that was a guy. He was a total asshole, though. I'm not a dishonest person, but a guy uh, flea market somebody leaves a game on my console. No, that's part of the deal. That's fine. <laughs> the the, yeah. the classic is where uh, video video pals got their up and comings when our our buddy Wiz, the Michelin Man, he um. We, we went there a couple times. We went there on the way to Midwest Gaming Classic. We stopped again, and he had this Neo Geo that's been there for over 15 years. Um, he said, well, the last time I tested it, it, um, it didn't work. It had a line on it or something. And I looked at it, and it looked like it was dragged through the dirt and like destroyed mm-hmm. and probably hasn't been cleaned in 15 years. And I was like, I looked up like what, what the guy explained what it was. I looked it up like on Google, and I'm like... It's just dirty. Yeah. And he wouldn't test it. He wouldn't. He's like, no, no, it's just what it is. It is what it is. And basically, he said it was 100 bucks, 100 bucks for a Neo Geo AES. So my buddy Wiz didn't have one. And I'm like, hey, dude, there's one there for 100 bucks. I'm like 90% sure that it's just dirty. There's 10% chance that, you know, there could be some motherboard issue or some crazy. But I highly doubt it because the guy told me what he tested it with. And he didn't even test it with like a legitimate like AES card or something. It was it was weird what he tested and it. And he, he told me, because that's been sitting there forever. It's like 15 years, for real. I actually bought one of the joysticks that belonged to that, because I found one that was way cheaper. But mm-hmm. he um, said he couldn't have the AC adapter, and I'm like, dude, just... I actually told him. It's funny. I was like, dude, just get an AC adapter, 7.5 volts... <sighs> Yeah, universal man. So so Bam, it's done. I, I tried it. It works. I verify. I can verify. So that guy was such <laughs> a dick to my buddy Wiz, who is a county cop. Like Wiz was about to punch me in the face. So no, dude, just just buy it. And that would have been awesome. And man. he went and uh, he went and gorged himself on White Castles after that because there's a White Castles right down the road. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a picture of that one. Uh, <laughs> But anyways, like we, we take it um, to Midwest Gaming Classic with us because yeah, we bought it on the way to Midwest Gaming Classic. We cleaned it up. Um, we found a cleaned universal. Cleaned it, it, it up, uh, and <laughs> we found a universal um, at a, a universal adapter at a local game store in Milwaukee, and powered it on. And lo and behold, the fucker booted right up. <laughs> Show him. That's nice. Yeah, he definitely his laziness got him in that point. That's that's his karma for the freaking that year. It was like the guy was being a turd to my buddy too, and like to the point where he almost didn't buy the Neo Geo from him. So it'd have been sitting there another fucking fifteen years. And actually, when and the thing when I was at that flea market, some kids came in and actually sold him a control deck and a bunch of games. And I saw it happen before my eyes. So. 
they sell all their garbage at the flea market, and he basically just sits there and waits for kids to cash it in so they can buy the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing, the son was telling me he buys, like, storage units. Storage unit mm-hmm. auctions, yeah. And somehow he gets the insider, though. Like, he knows which ones have games in it. So someone was, like, telling him, and he said this to me, he's like, someone told me this one had a ton of games in it. So I bought them all, and he had a bunch of NES games. And that was when I had my, my list, and he just brought the whole thing out. I think it's one of those things when you actually have a storefront, you would you wouldn't believe what comes through your door. And like, if there's yeah. a guy who goes to storage auctions, and I know him, and he's like, "Hey, anytime I find games, you can buy them for cost or whatever." Like that, that's a fucking hookup. If someone yeah. brought in like thirty mint in the case Sega Saturn games, like he had a huge stack of them, and I was like, "Where's that from?" And he's like, "Oh, some dude just brought these in." I don't even. I haven't even priced them yet. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and I, I mean, like pristine. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's like those guys at the flea market in the middle of the cornfields, Uncle John's flea market. Like, they opened a little video game store. They just put like a little on their flea market booth in in a musty old fucking building. Put just put a sign on it, and now people are bringing <laughs> them fucking games, and they got stacks of shit. Luckily, yeah. luckily they recognized my book or some shit, or recognized me from Tone Galaxy, and they're giving me like bro deals. <laughs> That was fucking cool, but... <laughs> it's like the pawn shop thing. Like, if you want money now, you can't have it. Yeah. So I'll just sell it now. I don't want to, like, go online and go through the hassle of shipping it. Yeah. Well, and, and you wouldn't believe how many people don't know how to do any of that. That's the other thing. Like, there's people that still have games sitting in their garage that just don't even want to bother with a yard sale. I know in South Florida, there are a lot of, like, I don't know what it is about... Man, I'm going to sound so racist on this podcast. I don't know what it is about Spanish families, but there's a lot of them that are, like, afraid of banks and debit cards. Mm-hmm. And they won't, like, they won't go online and sell stuff because they have to use, like, a debit card. And they're like, nope, not going to do that. Like cash only. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing about that culture is that I have a few buddies that were from Mexico and Indiana. And they said that, you know, when they were growing up, they took all their games and they didn't sell them. They didn't yard sale them, garage sale them. They didn't even hold on to them. They sent them back to their families in Mexico. And what they were mm. saying was is that they're talking to their cousins that are in Mexico right now. And they're like, oh, we just found like three copies of Super Coppa, which is one of the rare Super Nintendo games. And like, we found three of those right now for like 50 bucks a piece or something. And like, they're finding tons because that mm. down there, they're starting to finally like yard sale them off in Mexico. So it's it's one of those things where it's a cult it's a definitely a different yeah. type of culture. It's sure. also big at, like uh, they also they do a lot more little stores and kiosks. Like it's a lot more normal to have street vendors. So yard sales and things are a lot or flea markets are a lot more just what they're used to. Yeah. Yeah, when I went down the Cozumel, yeah, there's just like tents. People yeah. Just set up their wares and you know go to town. And it's awesome to barter, mm-hmm. you know. And, oh, that's uh, another thing, too. Yeah, really everything cool, is, you know? they'll price their stuff really high initially because it's expected. Yeah. So you're supposed to barter. Exactly. Like, my my classic thing, I just, right away, I say, what's your lowest price? Uh, I don't know. I just cut through all the bullshit. I'm just like, just what's your lowest price? Because I'm not going to, like, go down and try to, you know, sword fight you here. Like, <laughs> See, Kyle, like, buying a house, what's your lowest price? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then when you walk away, he's and he offers you something less. He's offering less than his lowest price. Which they is do like that win. all the time. <laughs> it's great. No, no, like 
someone's actually interested in it, that thing's been sitting there for like six months. Yeah, that's that's the classic. Is like I, you say, guys, are for five, you say three. He's like, no, and then you walk away. Like, how about okay three? I'm like, nah, now two. <laughs> 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 that's the thing though, is that like that shit makes the experience so if you get a game like that where you're off hunting at a random flea market and you come across it like that makes for a good story good stories is what it's all about that's what even what the podcast is all about you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm guilty of doing online buys oh I'm, like, we, I'm we all guilty. have but okay. they're not as memorable though are they no they're not, they're not as memorable exactly like but those low ball bids, my god! Yeah, <laughs> I I feel bad. Like I've gotten me- I've gotten messaged by sour messages from sellers saying like, "Yeah, you got a really good deal." <laughs> like for real, oh, god. you know, it's like twenty five cents, and it just no one happened to want to look at. Well, I mean, that's Sorry, that dude. is a mentality and a style to collect. On, Meanwhile, online. I'm putting on lowball bids on shit that I assume no one else wants, and there's always that one person that comes a, a, a comes and just like, eh, nope, mine. It's like you asshole. My percentage rate is <laughs> is low. It's just you just shotgun blast it. Yeah, but you expect that though. You know, if, if I want all the ones that I lowball, then I'd almost be like, oh fuck, like yeah. Oh, well, that's how I am. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have this much money. What the hell have I done? <laughs> I'm going on there getting Nintendo boxes, and I'm bidding like three bucks a piece, and I bid on yeah. like. 40 different yeah. boxes. If I would won all 40, $120 on fucking boxes, but I win like two. Now I got two two fucking boxes for three bucks. That's awesome. This is a good way to look at it. I think that's how I got my uh, Commando yeah. box and NARC. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, so that's, that's a great way to do it. Sometimes there's just sick deals, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's some, someone just posts something, they just want to get rid of it. I mean, yeah. I've done it. Yep. I get a lot of my good deals come from just the community and networking with people and other people know what I'm into. That's huge. So people come to the people will come to me occasionally. So that's nice. Yeah, that's a good thing for for listeners like let people know what you're into. It's it's amazing. Yes. Like the rewards that that are reaped from that because now people are looking for stuff for you. Right. Exactly. Like, I'll make a thread and I passionately talk about a game. It's like, this is so awesome. And then somebody's like, hey. Like, when I was doing the the forum uh, Faria playthrough, mm-hmm. and a guy nice. just randomly messaged me. He's like, hey, I've got the map for that. You want it? It's like, Ooh, uh, yeah. Oh, god damn. That map's hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> Aces. See, that's awesome. Like, just... I even had it on my want list, but I had next to it was like, yeah, fuck no, I'm not getting this. <laughs> and that's the awesome thing about Nintendo Age, though, is that community goes real deep. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really good community. Even though, like, there's a bad rap in a lot of other gaming communities, but that's okay. Oh, like digital press is always like, ah, fucking Nintendo Age. Nintendo Age going around <laughs> campfires, masturbating over <laughs> copies of Fire and Ice. Oh no, <laughs> classic old standby. Yeah, <laughs> going around campfires and masturbating. Poor Fire and Ice. Oh yeah, it's it's just like yeah. There's there's a lot of people. I I don't understand the inner community dramas. I don't get it. I I, I, I get it because knowledge. everybody wants to be cool in their own way and want to be unique and distinct and want to be the only ones doing it. And when yeah. somebody else is doing it a little differently, like you you feel a little bit of jealousy. That's what they do. And I'm a person where I'll talk to anybody. I don't give a shit and. 
Like some people aren't though. They're like, "Well, I only like those Nintendo Age people, so fuck digital press, fuck Nest Dev." Fuck, the the you thing know, I don't get like so is weird. there's so many people that are on multiple forums. Yeah, you know, the community isn't just that isolated community. Uh-uh. It's more like all these communities are interwebbed together because everyone jumps around and we all post any shit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like there's a few different communities that we frequent a little bit more than others. Yeah, I'd, I'll do it in cycles. Like right now, I'm I'm on Nintendo Age a lot, but I've spent a lot of time on digital press. I've spent a lot of time on. I'll go through like a couple months. So you know what? I'm going to post on Sega 16 for a while, <laughs> and then I won't do it again for like three years. <laughs> See, there's there's but, a bunch of those that I mean, I was on Claw for a while, and yeah. I, I haven't been on there in a long time. Yeah, Jeff and I used to notice that too. We'd be like, "Okay, we're we're in the you know games for a while, then we're in the horror for a while, then like mm-hmm. you know wrestling for a while." And metal, and that's what it is. Is the the communities are so specific in the interest. It's like as your interest, you're in you're exploring something else for a while. You jump to another community. Yeah, and that's what's crazy is that yeah. like we go multi different, we go multi hobby, and it's like, and then mm-hmm. you have multi facets within just gaming. And that's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Like, you have the whole Twin Galaxies community <laughs> that's completely different than the Tetris Championship community. <laughs> and, you know, Vince, Uncle Tusk on Nintendo Age is part of the Tetris Champ. And Dane from Nintendo Age are part of that, but a lot of people from Nintendo Age don't go that route. And, you know, no, and for some mm-hmm. reason, they set world records on that game, but they don't go to Twin Galaxies and set records. And it's... <laughs> It's just a weird thing, and then then you have the whole YouTubers that you know they think that they're movie stars and talk smack on Nintendo age people. And it's like we're just a community, like, we're just collecting and doing all that. And then the other side is that you know some of us on Nintendo age do YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. And then you got those damn podcasters. Then you got the podcasters <laughs> that we, we do it all for free because we're retarded. <laughs> you know, we would be bullshit on the phone either way, so we might as well put it out there and we get good feedback. So must yeah. be doing something right. <laughs> well, when you can get a cohesive thing going for more than like 10 minutes, to me, that's like pretty special. Right. And the selfish aspect, like Kyle and I want to look back at this time. 10 years from now and be like, oh yeah, I remember that was fucking amazing. Remember when we were talking about freaking Splatterhouse 2 and how it pissed us off? <laughs> well, and the way that I see it is like, we're, we're on like a court, right? And there's, it's like a normal conversation has like one ball going. We're like fending off balls. That's like dodgeball at this point. We could talk for like <laughs> ever, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're playing with balls. <laughs> it's like we're playing with balls. <laughs> it's all twisted and shit. Hell yeah, that's exactly what it should be. All fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it definitely works. Right. Uh, and the thing is, is going with the uh, going with the flow <laughs> is the best way. Just go yeah. down the river wherever it takes us. Totally.
Mario, do you play like Symphony of the Night ones, like side scrolling RPGs too? Uh, not as much. I'm not opposed to them. I just can't think of any that I've side scrolling RPG. That's awesome. Because that's that's the other thing that's awesome. Like there's that genre too. Just you were saying you're in like RPGs, I'm trying to think of, like weird uh-huh. ones, Metroidvania like... style, like Metroid, yeah, like, yeah. Like, Zelda two, you know. Or uh, the there's Wonder Boy. Yeah. Oxanadu, Popful Mail. Uh-huh. Yeah, all those are awesome. Exile. There's a, yeah, there's a ton of that stuff. A lot of those games and are awesome. And that's what's awesome. fun. It's like, it, it's yes, it's one genre, but there's so many subgenres and variations. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. It, it gets nuts. Yeah. There's amazing, a bunch of amazing treats in that series for sure. I think one of my crowning for the RPGs is I have all four Dragon Warrior CIB for NES. That's nice. I have, yeah, I do too. I've got actually, oh, yeah. uh, my Dragon Warrior collection is complete. They need to release more games so I can buy some more. Nice. Yeah. Did you import uh, ten to get a copy of it? I did not import ten. Okay, because I I have all the Famies too. I have them all on Famicom as well. I have the t- They have the they produce that TV uh, motion game. Mm. It was pretty much like Dragon Quest Swords, but it was the first one, and you. You know, it's a plug and play. Yeah. And you wave around a plastic sword. That's like the only import that I. They're releasing a game this month, aren't they? For the PlayStation. Yeah, they're coming out 4. with. A, mm-hmm. They're coming out with the Dragon Quest Heroes. Yeah, it's like Hyrule Warriors or Dynasty uh-huh. Warriors, but with Dragon Quest characters. It looks awesome. Yeah, I'm. I don't have a PS4 yet, but that is definitely like Christmas birthday. That and Dragon Quest Heroes is what I'm getting. Gotta love the holidays. I definitely have the PS4, but I have uh, Zelda pre-ordered right now, as well as the new Yoshi game, the Yarn Yoshi mm-hmm. game. Yoshi Yarn, what's that? It's basically um, a new Yoshi platformer where you don't have a wailing Mario on your back, and the whole game <laughs> is, the graphical aesthetic is basically the whole world is made of yarn. So there's like a whole aspect of, you know, everything gets to be constructed and deconstructed in yarn style. So it looks really interesting. And it's a platformer. So is a they just said that they had the Kirby's epic yarn. Yeah. So is it like yeah. a continuation of that? I think so. I, I think it's huh. similar because huh. they released a Kirby game recently. It was like clay this time. <laughs> so, it's like Paper Mario. Too. Yeah. Paper it's Mario really is cool. awesome. I, I like those different aesthetic games and mm-hmm. this one's you know a straight 2d platformer for yoshi which is cool when you don't have a wailing mario on your back because that was the most annoying part where, about where, didn't where? have didn't yeah. have one for n64 that was like it was a weird like yoshi's game yoshi's N64. story for yeah there was and i i don't think i've ever really played that more than like for a few minutes one of my buddies had it. It looked pretty easy, though. Yeah, there was something between that Yoshi's <laughs> game on 64 and Donkey Kong 64 that people just didn't like about those two games. And I have them both and haven't really played them. So Yeah, I've I've played two N64 games. Yeah. I, I could use an excuse to bust out some of these games. I mean, I've been playing mm-hmm. Metroid Zero Mission, and I played yesterday for an hour, and I'm playing it on my Xbox Arcade, and as Kyle knows, and when John, our buddy, was setting the Nibbler records, if you don't power it off correctly, it doesn't save it. So I played for an oh. hour yesterday, and my save, I beat, went through and beat Ridley. And I powered it on today, and I was like, oh. It went back to 
where I was yes the, the day before. And, That's shitty. Yeah, it was like I I only played for like an hour I want to say so it wasn't a lot of lost. Play. I have quit games over losing an hour's worth of gameplay. So I was like, yeah, let me play some Splatterhouse three before we talk about two. So it worked out. <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've been actually I, I that was my on, on Sundays I will generally try to play something and. I've never played Zero Mission, and that game is freaking amazing. It is Super Metroid, but in the original Metroid story. They've completely revamped the map and added all the aspects of all the power-ups from Super Metroid into the map, integrated it so that way it all works perfectly, and upgraded the What system is that for? It is for the Game Boy Advance, Metroid Zero Mission. I, I, I think I own it, but now I'm not yeah. positive. It is the original Metroid, like, but it's all with Super Nintendo graphics. So, like, when you fight Kraid, you know, Kraid in Super Nintendo is huge. Uh-huh. He's actually yeah. pretty fucking big in Zero Mission. There, there were no other GBA Super Metroid clones, were there? Um, Metroid Fusion, one? which is the fourth Metroid, is also on uh, Maybe I have Fusion, then. And Fusion is awesome in its own right. Um, okay. I actually decided that, you know, if I can, if I decide to keep going, which I think I will, um, I'm going to beat this one and then possibly finish two because I did start that one, um, finish two and then super Metroid and like, I've, I'm in a Metroid kick right now for some reason. So, oh, nice. but if you say, Hey, we're going to play Pure Solar, solar, <laughs> I might have to, cause I'm also getting the Dreamcast one that I've been waiting four years for. <laughs> with the guidebook three years uh-huh. the kickstarter was in 2012 by the time i get it i will have moved three times that's kind of funny mm-hmm. i haven't moved at all yeah. i'm good well, my address is fine i'm a, I'm a transient in- individual um hopefully i get it before i move into the next one because i'm not gonna update my address because yeah <laughs> 2012 though that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah it's 2012 it's going to be 2016. I was at the Plymouth House, Kyle. I was at the Plymouth House. It's going to be four years. Shit. Yeah, it's going to be four years. Like it, It's coming out this month. Before you so know they, it. They, they technically, uh, they, they beat, it out, beat, beat it out of the... Um, there's so many Kickstarter horror stories that I've been yeah, seeing pop up by the way. real, though. And God. this one isn't one because it's coming out. Like, I'm talking about people that... You know, I don't... Yeah, I don't consider late a horror story. There's actually a Kickstarter that I follow just because it's a train wreck, and I like to check in on the comments every now and then. A retro VGS. No. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. <laughs> train yard soul. What's the one that you No, there was one that was a, um, it was a teddy bear, and it was like the super toy, and it was supposed to be like artificially intelligent, oh, and it Jesus. talks to you, and, oh, yeah. and I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, it was the worst presented and obviously fake product <laughs> I've ever seen, and so, and it, it backed like a ton of people backed it and it got funded and oh, it's no. been years just watching this guy go off on these crazy rants that's where awesome. he has like these monologues in his updates about wow. poetry and shit and people get so pissed off <laughs> <laughs> i think the awesome one is one that's that we shared wet. in emails and it was like a guy like with within the last month that tried to put out a book the ultimate NES collector's guide like last month and basically just trying to get money off of what I did and he didn't even get a dollar like not even a family member supported him 
Like, I was like, what? It's like zero dollars with like. Do you remember the one, the, the guy that wanted the Jeez. Kickstarter to fund his collection? Oh, that's awesome. It's, I mean, that's Patreon for you. And well, yeah, no, he <laughs> wanted, he was going to do the, the pretty much. he wanted to collect the entire system. So he was getting a Kickstarter so he could document his collecting of the entire system. And people, sh- one, shit on him because someone else had already done a documentary. And two, he was just begging for money. And a lot of people hated that documentary because Jeff was saying they didn't even mention Flintstones 2 was like a rare game. Like They didn't, they didn't count it. Yeah. What do you mean they didn't count it? They didn't count it. Did they just neglect to yes. mention it? Yeah. They they completely avoided it, and I found out later from somebody involved with the project, like once I posted my review, because there's a review on my blog about it. Oh, okay. And somebody posted, I think it was on Facebook, that, oh, well, they didn't count it because of it wasn't a retail release. And I just told him, I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm a member on Nintendo Age, and we've confirmed that it has been released retail, just not <laughs> as highly distributed as you would like it to have been. It's just a rare right. game. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it's, he didn't respond, obviously, but it was funny because they didn't mention it all. They're like, these are the rarest games, and they post like a little photoshopped picture and you know showing as he's getting them and they don't mention Flintstones 2 at all the whole and it, it, it was so sidetracked I was sidetracked so the entire really movie. what happened was he wasn't able to get the game so he just kind of omitted it I, I that's what I <laughs> say yeah from, yeah from like that's, a, that's from how a I movie see making perspective yeah that's, that's how, exactly I see how I see it I mean there are plenty of documentaries that don't they set out to do one thing but it changes I mean yeah. just mention like okay we weren't able to get this one wah wah and no one would care. And and the irony yeah. was that at the beginning, you could see him picking up like unlicensed games, and then they he eventually stops doing that on camera. So I think they were planning on getting everything, and then they realized, well, unlicensed can't happen, so let's get rid of that. Oh, I'd say at the very end of the movie, they go to like some Uber collector, and in his prestige case, Flintstones 2 sitting in there. They could not show the prestige case. And then at the end of the movie, too, like they do like, a, oh, six months later... And they show the dude who's collecting the games prestige case and Flintstones 2 is in there. Right, so that's weird. And, and and essentially, you think about it, they made all this money on Kickstarter, right? And they used the goal of two or three thousand dollars to go find this or whatever. Like they made like twenty grand or something on or forty grand, I think, on Kickstarter. So they essentially got paid to buy a complete NES collection. Yeah. And the the funniest yeah. thing to me, what you said is like and I remember you were messaging me. You're like, you got sidetracked the rest of the movie, so it wouldn't have mattered how good it was. That one thing, like, fucked it all. <laughs> and that's why I need to watch it again because now I know it's not in there. I'm not going to be looking for it the entire fucking movie. Yeah, so like, it just ruined the whole experience. Like, that's why you can't omit something like that. You know? I mean, and the game is marketed. It's like, you know, the guy's going around collecting Nintendo games, so it's marketed to collectors. And me being yeah. a collector, it bothered me. Yeah, we paid you this. X amount or whatever. So you know, you said you're gonna do a documentary. Well, why'd you leave out one of the? That's a holy. That's next to stadium events. That's the second holy grail. And then they cut costs on the entire product. Like, like when I got the pro the product, like, 
like my one buddy his dvd case was shattered mine it's like it's a burn it's a burned disc number one so he didn't even pay a pressing company like they just burned their own discs it's that's horrible. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that's one thing. <laughs> On their wow. movie release, they burn the disc. I got a. I got a. I'm sorry, I'm laughing brutal. at your misery. Oh, it's that is terrible. Um, they got. I I got the box, the CIB copy or whatever. Like it's an NES box. All they did was give me the box and didn't assemble it. That's it, crazy. There was a like, cartridge with that? it. Who there was a cartridge that? with it, and they gave me a blank <laughs> cartridge unassembled. With a label not even peeled off and put on the cartridge, so so you know you can back the DVD or you could get a replica boxing game with it. So they let me get the replica boxing game. You know what I mean? That sounds cool. And the game, you know, it was like a cartridge lookalike. It wasn't an actual game to go on it yet, even though I think they're doing a game later. Um, so I got the cartridge, and it was a blank cartridge. And they had a label printed off for the old Kickstarter that didn't get funded or something. Because there's one called the Nintendo Nintendo Quest, and this one's called the NES Club. So the box didn't even match, match the project. That's the one thing about Jeff. like it's He doesn't buy all the old games or like try to collect all the old games when it comes to the new like scene. Man, I've never seen someone support it like Jeff has. Like, and that's you know, good. You know what? That's what you should do. That's hardcore. That, that is very commendable. That's why it extremely pisses me off when other people in that same scene try to shit on my project because the guy from that project shit on mine because he's like, well, I already did this. Because uh, a cause, fucking douchebag. Well, because well, Sly Dog Studios is doing... Black Box Challenge, which is an RPG about collecting the Black Box games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, the Nintendo game they're doing with the Nintendo Quest is going to be an RPG about game collecting. I had no clue about that. I backed the project. I had no clue about that. And uh, Joe Granada, who's been on our podcast, who did a different DVD project called the 8-Bit Heroes, he you know gave me a shout-out for my you know project to try to you know you know promote it. And yeah. immediately that douchebag shat on my Kickstarter saying, oh, well, we were already doing this in the RPG. And some of his fanboys were chiming in like trolling. And Joe's like, wait, 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 let me squash this. They're not, we can all live. The community's big enough for us to have two different games. We can all have role-playing games. It's cool. The, the, the irony is, is that Sly Dog is still on par to release our game on time. Which will probably come out about when the Mystic Searches comes out, which is the 8-Bit Heroes, Joe Granado's game. Joe Granado's okay. working on the NES Quest game after his is released. They said theirs was going to be released before ours, their RPG. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to be released for like years. Because it's he's making an RPG for you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it ain't happening. So, so now they're realizing with, if it with happens. Mystic Searches getting pushed back and pushed back. Because Joe Granado is never, this is his first game he's programming, whereas Sly Dog per, makes games. <laughs> he, they're going to realize that our game's going to be out well before. It's the same thing with when I put out my, you know, my first trailer for my book, and then I get a call from Pat DNES Punk telling me, oh, I'm not going to tell you to quit doing your book, but I'm doing a book as well. Whatever happened to that? Did he ever do that? And there's the there's Kyle's quote. Whatever happened to that? Because the thing. Because the thing is, is that you know, as I'm talking to him, I'm like, dude's still writing it. I'm like, I've been writing mine for two years. Mine's done. 
My, I mean, the mine's now shipping to backers. So I guess he should probably let the dust settle, and it's probably a better move. But who knows what the real thing happened? Well, what happened was is that like at the um, when I launched, I launched my Kickstarter that weekend. I was at a gaming convention where he was also at it, and he actually announced it at his panel that he was doing his book. But that was it. And he brought in uh, Brett Wise, who's who did the other collector's guide that is like text only that I did, never cared for. And so he brought him in on the uh, <laughs> the, the book. So I don't know if he's just going to have Brett write it all for him now or something. But yeah, it was just funny though. Like I've had multiple people within the community just sort of try to crap on my project because like, oh, well, we're already doing something like that. And <laughs> And one, people don't seem to realize an idea is not unique. No. There's nothing unique about an idea. It's the execution that makes it the thing. So even if you both write a book, there's still two different books. I think he was just, he saw mine and he's like, man, that is awesome. (laughs) That guy that I supported with a Nintendo Quest, when he shat on mine online, that pissed me off. Because I'm like, dude, I supported your shit. And now... We're, you know, I got a guy who's trying to promote mine during mine, and you're gonna talk smack, and he didn't support it or anything either. And I'm like, I don't care if you support it or not, but he went there and just like basically killed all the steam out of that post. And I'm like, right. I'm like, dude, that could have been, you know, some backers or something. People that are interested. And now they're gonna see it, like, oh, he's just copying off of the other guy. It's like, no, we're gonna come out first, and ours is gonna be a million times better because we have a real programmer doing it that's programmed multiple games <laughs> like and it'll be out well if someone's going to leave a post like that they they very well know what they're doing inferior complex and then and then when that yeah. same guy sends me you know his items and the nintendo cartridge doesn't have the label on it and there's no screws to put the cartridge together so basically he gave me a they, shell. you do any screws you have no. to fucking me no no screws let me put lipstick on before you fuck me jesus christ like going around to different venues and screening their movie, so they're wasting all they're spending all the money from Kickstarter to tour instead of instead of actually pressing the fucking DVD and making mm-hmm. a real disc. And it's funny because right. I follow these things and I see these Kickstarters and I see this guy's shit and then like I saw your Kickstarter, I saw the book, I saw the game, and the same thing. It's like okay, is is this gonna materialize? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know who you were at the time. I. I I made the decision not to back. That is your I made prerogative. a poor decision. But it's, again, you, you compare all these different that is your projects and you don't know who's who. Exactly. And that's why, like, with It's like, mine, I'll wait and see. I tried to. Go. I mean, my video, in hindsight, was a little long. But I was like, hey, I've already had a book published. I have a mm-hmm. game coming out. The game is already has the guys already released multiple games. Slide Dogs released multiple games, and then we have an artist who drops for Garbage Pail Kids. Like all three of us have done stuff. You're gonna yeah. Get that art item. piece is gorgeous, by the way. Oh fuck yeah. 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 On my blog, and this it's a good thing for listeners. Even though by the time this airs, it might the game might be off of it, but we do still have some of the Kickstarter shit up on the blog still. The book's going to be up for a while because I did just get 100 extra books in the mail. Paid for out of pocket, of course. But I did get extra books so that way I can go around to conventions. So I should have books for a while. <laughs> so there are ways for people to still uh, support the project, which is good. The art pieces, I'm not sure if Joe wants to do anymore. 
um, because he's printing them locally and shipping them to me and I'm shipping them out. Um, at this mm-hmm. point, I just told Jill, like, hey, give me your PayPal information. We'll create you a button. So that way, when people pay, it goes directly to you. Yeah, just ship them. Cut yeah. Because the I, I don't want to do middleman stuff because I don't have enough time to do middleman shit. <laughs> like, that's just a simple fact. So, but yeah, so there are ways um, to support. And the coolest thing, and I still haven't gotten an update, is the burned box. That fucking thing looks awesome from Fabio Fabrico, the heat man guy on Facebook. And it's like a wood grain burn box. Oh, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's doing. We only had one backer, so he's only doing one. Oh, that's sad. He's been plugging those all over Facebook for uh, probably. I've, I, start, I first started seeing his stuff probably about a year and a half ago. Yep. It's gorgeous. It is amazing. Yeah, because I, I contacted him like eight months like, oh, ago fuck. and. I'm like, hey, man, how many can you possibly do? And he was like, I could do like 10. That'd be realistic. (laughs) And we had like four or five backers and like three or four of them backed out. That's that's sad. You you know what the irony was is one of the backers was one of the guys who throws $400 at everything on Nintendo Age. Now you probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) Like everything. Oh, there's a box for an old time walk thing. $400. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and he backed out and I asked him why and he's like well I'd rather just you know buy the item later I'm like you realize there's only one getting made now and I know him and he's not going to sell it right <laughs> and like I'm gonna have a I made myself a pro- well, prototype one I don't how much was the box like it was exp- uh, the because it, it came with all the limited edition stuff, all the prototype pieces. Oh, okay. So it comes with, it's not just a box. No, right? no, no, no. You got, okay. you got like two different books, the prototype book. Cause I have a different sized prototype book too. Um, okay. like all this different stuff. And it was, it was expensive, but I think they were like seven fifty, which was ridiculous. Yeah. That guy, his commission boxes are like $300 each anyway. Exactly. That's why people so... were like, $700. I'm like, yeah, that's a three hundred dollar box. Because <laughs> Kyle, how much was the limited edition? Two fifty. Yeah. Because every single okay. person needed to get their like Joe for his artwork. He fifty bucks is what he wanted per piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you said the the guys that were making their their pieces, they were getting the money for their pieces, and they get it all. So, yeah. So Rob for the game, like he's getting all of that. I'm not even charging him to put it like i'm putting it all together and all that i'm not charging him anything for that because rob is a small you know sly dog because there's two guys rob and sean they're a startup company they're not freaking square (laughs) they're not capcom you know what i mean so it's like i was Mm -hmm. like dude you're you know your buddy i'll you know we'll we'll try to get you some money on this because his you know his games they sell decently but i figured well we can get you a giant lump sum and i think with our project his goal is to get um, a certain amount, and he made double that with our project, and that's like more than he's made from a majority of his projects to this point. So it's awesome, and this is this money has allowed him to start doing limited editions of his other ones, which will get him more money now. Hopefully, on Nintendo Age, because people love their fucking limited editions on Nintendo Age. <laughs> they fucking they fucking love them, and the fact that Rob's actually doing them means he's going to make a little bit of money, which is great. He was able to use the startup the money that he got from my project to start up to do that, 
which is going to help mm-hmm. him build a better freaking company, which is awesome. I'm fucking happy about that. And it's that's some of the stuff that I do that I just like, could I have charged some kind of commission? I could have, but what the fuck am I going to get out of it? Like I figured with my book, I'm going to get, you know, a little bit of money out of the book side. I made less than Rob did on the project, actually. <laughs> like that's it, then Sly Dog, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I made, I made way less than they did, probably half, but I don't care. Me and Joe made a certain amount and Sly Dog made double. <laughs> but the thing is though, is that, and I sold more books, but my profit margin was way lower. So like what I was selling my book for is about what it cost to print. Unfortunately. But in the end, though, fun shit. And I have a lot of lessons learned. And I'll my next project that I'll do, once, and it'll be once everything gets shipped out, I have a lot of uh, different ways that I'm going to do things. I'm going to try to cut costs as much as I can so that way I can don't charge $70 for the hardcover. I'd like to charge like 50 <laughs> Right. I don't That's know. Reasonable. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be possible. But I'm going to try. And I'm probably going to make the game side. If I do a game with it, it's going to be a lot simpler. I might do my own hack or something. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. talking, we talked about it on the podcast. I think I might, there might be a couple action RPGs that I might mess around with and redo the story for or something. I don't know. Make it into Black Box Challenge 2. <laughs> Was going to do Spiritual Warfare, but I don't think that's going to happen. That game has too many issues. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> well, the thing with spiritual warfare, we'll make it not shitty. <laughs> that was one thing is that we were going to make it not shitty, but there's there's Bible <laughs> questions in there, right? There's like two hundred, like change those to Nintendo yeah. questions, and it's fucking great. NES quiz questions. Yeah, that would actually be. But the but changing the music on an NES game, you have to reverse engineer it and shit. So if that can't happen, that game is garbage at that point and i don't know how to reverse engineer an nes game i know how to hex edit i know how to graphical edit i can do all that different side but the actual reverse engineering and changing the music that ain't gonna happen right ain't gonna happen at all so i was like yeah spiritual warfare not so much i might pick a random famicom game that nobody really knows about and hack that and has good music just in case i can't change it Mm-hmm. And I think I'm gonna have. I know. Um, do you know who Sergio is? He he was on Nintendo H front page for a little bit because he did a his album with real music on an NES cartridge. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. He's, I, I, he's yeah. gonna do the soundtrack for whatever game I do. I think he's, that's cool. He's gonna do it NES style, you know, with NES music. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also other stuff that I'm in the works with that I might be able to associate with a future project or two. And there's plenty of writing opportunities. If you want to write as well, because my next book is Hidden Treasures. It's a re-release of my original book, but double the size. And if you want to write about a hidden gem RPG or something, let me know. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 26226 4 bgbs You can leave us a voicemail, choose a text message. 
um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right. See you later. Woo. Later.